What up, y'all? It's your girl, Willow Bean, and welcome to another episode of the New Teacher Bootcamp Podcast, where I am your host. This is going to be a safe space for new teachers and veteran teachers to learn from my mistakes as an educator. So let's get down to business. This episode is sponsored by yours truly, Willow Bean, the author of the children's book, When I Tell Them I'm from Petersburg. It's an autobiography of my life and people's perception of me when I tell them I was born and raised in Petersburg, Virginia. Don't forget to get your copy today. All right, y'all, let's get to it. First and foremost, how's everybody? Hope your week has been great. Mine has been all kinds of crazy. So let's talk about it before we get into our topic. We talked about all kinds of things in the podcast, right? About setting up your expectations, your rules, your consequences, seat in charge, yada, yada, right? Tell me why my kids acted crazy all week. I feel like they intentionally set me up. I promise you, all but one class. So I have six classes total, three classes a day. All but one class had to get assigned seats. What kind of shenanigans is that? I'm protesting. No shenanigans. (laughs) No, but seriously, this week has been interesting to say the least. Um, Not sure if I've shared already, but I'm a PE teacher and I'm on the middle school level. And this year I've been granted the wonderful task of teaching career investigations. Right. It's not aligned with anything I went to school for. Well, except for my current degree that I'm working on. But nonetheless, y'all... It has been a breeze, which brings me to my topic for today, duties as assigned. For new teachers, well, as veteran teachers know, you new teachers don't know yet. Duties as assigned is written in everybody's contract from educators to HR to even regular people just out in the streets doing their jobs. <sighs> duties as assigned basically means you can do what they tell you to do. <laughs> you will be voluntold <laughs> to do stuff you're not even ready to do. For example... New teachers. My first year, I had bus duty. Hated it. Kindergartners were crying, trying to get on their bus and not knowing where to go. And I mean, of course, the teacher escorted them out, but still, like, making sure everybody gets home safe is a big thing, you know. For those working on the elementary level, y'all know, y'all have seen it this week. Kindergartners cry. Like, real cry. Like, cry, cry. I'm glad it's over for me. But anywho, on the middle school level, it's a similar thing. You're going to have duties assigned to you, whether you want to do them or not. Some of my favorite duties include sweeping the hall in regards to making sure our 7th and 8th graders don't sneak down 6th grade side or 8th graders don't sneak down the 7th grade side. I also have breakfast duty, making sure sometimes the kiosks, the kids are in line getting breakfast. I have lunch duty where I monitor the lunch lines and making sure kids are getting their food and getting in and out of the line. And this year, we've been tasked with actually joining a club or, I mean, an organization within our organization. I'm not saying I ain't interested. I'm just saying (laughs) I'm not interested. (sighs) It's nothing personal to what admin anything. But, you know, I've already got enough stuff on my plate that I want to do and establish. For example, working on this podcast. This right here is going to retire me from teaching. I want to make sure I put all my energy and efforts into this, not just to retire, but to talk to new people who, new teachers who haven't had the opportunity to learn like what it's really about being a teacher. Yes, it's glamorous to have weekends and summers off, but there's more to it than that. We impact lives. We impact the next generation. Think about it. No profession would exist without us. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to talk about these duties as a sign. So... With these duties, they're not really up for negotiation, but there is a loophole. At the beginning, nah, I want to say probably right, maybe new teacher work week. So the week before I'm actually assigned to come back, this is what I do. I go to whatever admin is responsible for 
you know, assigning duties and I volunteer. I'm telling you, y'all, and I know it's late. I know it's late, but this is for, the, you know, a little nugget to keep in mind for next year. I volunteer for the duties that I want because it lets me, in a sense, co-create, and I'm going to keep using this, co-create the working environment. Instead of being voluntold, this is what you're going to do. Like last year, I'll give you a good example. I had second lunch. It was the worst because you get about a 20-minute break after um, your first two classes. Then you got lunch duty. Then you got another 20-minute break. It was good, but I'd rather just, you know, like this year, I got first lunch. I'd rather go ahead and work first lunch, make sure it's covered and cleaned up, and then have enough time for planning instead of being interrupted. I, I really like the detail behind being able to plan during my block or take a walk if I need to. And it's difficult to do that if I'm getting interrupted or if a lunch runs over, then my time runs over and vice versa. Another duty that is assigned that I talked about already is like teaching career investigations. Again, I'm not complaining, but I'm pointing out some facts. Although it is required for the county that I work for, it's not on my list of, hey, let me go ahead and do this. But here again... I volunteered. I volunteered for career investigation because last year was a little rough for me. I had a group called, it's eighth grade PE, team sports, and adventure, rec adventure and recreation. The team sports side of it was awful because you don't get rid of them kids. And even just having a year long eighth grade PE is exhausting because them knuckleheads, they, they just get into stuff. And I really didn't want to deal with that, knowing that I have other things I want to do. Like this year, I'm coaching basketball. I'm working on my podcast. I'm finishing up my doctorate. So when I volunteered to teach career investigation, I'm like, well, shoot, if it's anything like teaching a college course, this is about to be a breeze. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't initially because I didn't know what to do. And this is one thing I you know, want to applaud my admin for. I silently complained to my coworkers because sometimes you can't approach your principals as speedily as you would like to because they have stuff to do too. They're responsible for running the building and making sure we meet accreditation, right? Well, my concern was I've never taught career investigation before and I would have preferred to experience some type of professional development for it versus being thrown into the fire. Now, don't get me wrong. Your girl creative. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to build the house out of paper bag. That's how I feel like, you know what I'm saying? So with teaching career investigations, initially I was frustrated because it is an overwhelming amount of information and making sure I'm teaching it right. I really don't like to half step a bunch of stuff because, again, these kids are futures. So real brief history on career investigation. This is a class that basically helps students decide what career field they maybe want to go into. I think it would have been helpful for me to take a class like this because I went to school starting out with a pretty title, uh, <laughs> pre-veterinary medicine with a minor in forensic psychology. Unless I plan to be the great pet detective, that degree would not have helped me in any capacity. I needed something more realistic. I think I think I should have gone into business early on in my life because I told my mom, I said, Ma, I ain't trying to work for nobody forever. And she would laugh and you know, I said, my mom be rich one day. Of course, she would laugh and encourage me. But I think the course in general is good to have because you want to be able to tell the kids tomorrow, like, yo, the kids, I mean, the, mm, the kids who are the future of tomorrow, that your mindset of maybe you want to be a travel nurse may change to being a nurse practitioner or a doctor. And that's OK. You are free to make up your mind at any time. But just, you know, as I tell college freshmen, if you are undecided, take all your core classes your first year and then declare your major, especially if you really don't know or take a personality assessment. I recommend the Myers-Briggs. That helps <laughs> and has helped a lot of people kind of figure it out. 
what they want to do, especially when your personality shifts. A lot of people know me growing up. I was very introverted, very quiet. I mean, you got to know my mom. I didn't want to get in trouble. So being very quiet threw people off because it's like, man, you know, what will she do when she, you know, when she graduates? And my only dream was playing basketball. But I knew that if I ever got hurt, that I would go to teaching. And nothing get hurt by my ego. <laughs> so I'm teaching and coaching now. But I do think it's important for me to branch out and really dive into the deep. So let's talk about, again, let's, let's get back. I'm sorry, I got on my soapbox. So let's get back to these duties as a sign. Last year when I had lunch duty, again, I said I hated it because it was in the middle of my planning. Not only that, I hated having to clean up after those kids. I don't know why kids are so messy. Then, you know, I, I'm, I'm real. I keep it real with my students. You don't do this at home. Why is there stuff on the floor? Why y'all throwing food and stuff? Like, come on, man. I hated it. But then, <laughs> you know, me being who I am, I said, it's okay. I'm going to show up at your house and do what you do here at your house. And we're going to see how your parents react to it. I normally say your mama. We're going to see how your parents react to it. Or if I tell them how you're acting here, how they respond to how you're acting. They'd be embarrassed about your behavior. I feel like it's always like some life coaching going on with my students. But I understand middle school, they're weird. So if you teach middle schoolers, they're supposed to be weird. Sixth graders are still baby. They don't really know that life is not all about um, everybody's your friend. Seventh graders are all into the hormone fact, right? In the eighth grade, they think they're grown but still know nothing. It's a lot to process sometimes, but I promise you teaching gets easier and I'm not trying to sway you to stay a teacher, to retire early or any of those things. I'm just telling you what I have gone through. Now, let's talk about these these social clubs, <laughs> these little social clubs that we have been asked to volunteer at time. When I worked on the elementary level, I worked in what's called the Sunshine Committee and we would collect funds uh, for different things like luncheons. I don't know about y'all, but I like to eat. I like to eat good. And in order to do that, everybody has to contribute. And what we did was, as you know, our small committee, I think it was about three or four of us, came together with the ideas of, you know, where we wanted to order lunch from. It even gave us money. You know, we had funds left over for being able to buy flowers if someone had a death or a birth in the family. You know, send out condolences, birthday cards, and shout-outs and things like that. I really enjoy Sunshine Committee because I'm social to a certain extent, and I feel like we all should celebrate, especially if we're going to eat good, you know, sign your girl up. And it's a fun experience to work with people who actually like doing it. So, of course, this year, at the middle school level, um, we have, you know, been told that, that we have to sign up for a social committee. And for me, I probably would end up with Sunshine again because... I like the experience. The only drawback of Sunshine Committee on the middle school level, my principal really doesn't believe in paying to wear jeans, but on the middle school level, it worked. That was the incentive. You know, you pay your $50 for the year. That's less than a dollar a week, because it's 52 weeks, right? That's less than a dollar a week. And you get to wear jeans on Friday, which is huge because, let's be honest, no one likes to dress up every day, unless you're in corporate America, because that's the expectation. But whether I'm dressed in jeans, dress pants, sweatpants, that doesn't take away from my ability to teach, which was a huge, huge argument for a lot of veteran teachers. And we were frustrated because how can you determine my ability to teach based on a conservative mindset? You haven't been in my classroom yet. Just come in and see and see what I'm coming up with. So now I'm trying to figure out what can we use to incentivize this thing because I understand the vision and why we're doing sunshine and the, the, you know, the, the, the things we want to do. But it's hard to come up with an incentive for doing above and beyond or donating money because, shoot, I'll be honest, 
I like to buy snacks and sneakers. Ooh, snacks and sneakers. Everybody knows me. I like snacks and sneakers. So you're telling me to donate my $25 or $50, whatever the amount is, for the year, and I'm not getting a return on my investment, I ain't interested. Show me what my money will be for. For real, for real, I want to take the whole staff axe throwing. Let's get together as a staff, meet up at Stony Point. Let's go axe throwing. Y'all never done it. Let's do something fun and exciting instead of the same old boring stuff. I'm also tasked with PBIS. Now, for new teachers, PBIS is a acronym for something. <laughs> I am going to learn it, but not today. Uh, PBIS is an acronym um, centered around reinforcing positive behavior. And with the positive behavior reinforcement, we have to focus on not just, um, how can I put it? Not just kids getting to class on time, but also for our, our troubled kids. Like I got one kid now, AB. Love him dearly. He's a twin. Um, but AB don't like to be in class. And he's smart, and I think that's really what it is. He's smart, and he's not challenged enough in school right now. So for him, it's like, all right, Coach Johnson, you know, I'll come to class. I won't come to class. He's not really interested, and I get that. So with PBIS, I have to find a way to get him on board to stay in class, and it'd be worth something to him. Because right now, he's just, he's not interested. Class is boring. And he already told me, you know, no offense, Coach, but your class is boring. And it's like, all right, so now I have to challenge him. And I'm thinking of a way to... Maybe do like a, I don't know, not, I don't really want to incentivize not being in class, but maybe coming to hang out for 10 minutes in my class just to be out of class so that it's encouraging him to stay in class. Because I already told y'all, or maybe I did, maybe I was talking to some coworkers, but AB doesn't like to be in class and this joker gets in trouble on purpose. Like when I say on purpose, he will do everything under the sun other than his work just so he can be suspended and go home because he don't want to be in school anyway. I know that was a mouthful, but I'm telling you, if you met the kid, you'd be like, oh, all right. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So this is how I'm fixing my whole the duties is assigned thing. I'm taking initiative on what I am and am not going to do. I'm going to set some boundaries. So this is what that looks like. First and foremost, I'm only volunteering for what I really want to do. I'm not going to do like last year where someone tells me what I'm going to do and then I'm conflicted with bus duty, hall duty, whatever, and now I don't have time to get myself ready for my next class. So I'll probably switch from doing my PBIS reward system on a Wednesday and maybe switch it to a Friday. Everybody likes to do something on a Friday, you know, cheers to the weekend. I mean, I understand Wednesday is hump day, but sometimes I, I just, uh, I mentally don't be interested. I feel like Friday is like a woo-saw, let's have a good time before the weekend. So I might change, um, you know, uh, basketball with Coach Johnson to Fridays instead of Wednesdays. Again, you have to set it up for yourself as a new teacher going into your next year. Or you can volunteer, let's say, for example, um, how I volunteered to help push the crowd of students up the steps. We call it sweeping the hall. I know that that's a need. And your principals appreciate a person who takes initiative and say, hey, I understand this is a need. You know, I know the kids, I got you. Don't worry about it. And once your principals understand that, hey, this person got my back, I'm gonna look out for them. You don't believe me? Try it. Do something in the building that helps your principals or even helps the community within the building. I promise you, your principals will be there like, oh, okay. This right here, for sure, for sure. I can trust this person. This person is dependable. And if they need something, I got them. I'm just saying, Trust me on this one. When you volunteer your time, not only does it help set a boundary for them, it also helps set a boundary for you. 
because I like doing a bunch of stuff and I like staying busy, but sometimes I'll be just busy to be busy. And so I, I need to sit, take a sit, a sit, I need to take a step back. I'll give you an example from my elementary years. So my last year working in elementary, <laughs> I was going through conflict. <laughs> it's not funny because it, it still kind of irritates me. I was going through conflict with one of my, um, my administrators. And this particular administrator, I don't know who they were talking to or, or why they were talking to whomever they were talking, but a conversation was being had about Coach Johnson and her leaving to go to basketball practice. It turned into this huge mess of nothing. I assure you it was nothing because I'm not the type to, to steal time or anything like that. So the argument was that I'm double dipping, meaning that I am getting paid twice when I'm supposed to be at my school until a certain time. Ideally, I don't get my stipend until the end of the basketball season. So at the time, I wasn't going to get paid for the time I was investing until November. So this is how I flipped that thing on them, right? They're going through all this stuff, sending me to HR. Let's have these conversations, right? I said, oh, I got them. So this is what I did. I went in there and I told them, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I am going to, I'm going to leave at 345 for practice. And I am going to uh, leave at 334 away games. And when we have home games, I'll just leave at the regular time. I didn't give them the opportunity to tell me what they want me to do because it wouldn't have benefited me and my girls. My basketball girls work hard when I come to practice. I mean, when I tell you these girls worked hard, they worked hard for me. And I didn't appreciate them telling me that they're gonna put somebody else in charge until I get there. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. We're not gonna do that. And from that experience, I learned when people assign you duties and responsibilities and expectations on any job that you take, not just teaching, on any job that you take, you have to set the boundaries from the beginning and let them know, hey, I'm down to do my duties, but these are my parameters. Like, I'm going to give you one more little nugget and then I'm going to let y'all go. So I was not told, right? I was not told. It was printed on the schedule. But I feel like communication is key. I was not told that my room would be used as the lunch attention room. It was just done. And initially I was angry about it. I'm like, yo, why ain't y'all just communicate it? I'm a very understanding person, but I like to set up my desk and assignments and stuff for my students. Or what if I just want alone time? Now I don't have my room and I understand, you know, principals make decisions and whatnot. But big picture, if you're given a task and you really don't want to do it, rethink that thing to where it benefits you. And this is the example I'm going to give you in this scenario and I'm going to close out. I wasn't told that it was going to be held in my room, but I made a positive situation out of something negative for me by, one, adjusting my attitude. I could have easily gone over and said, oh, I want to meet with such and such. How come y'all didn't tell me? I would appreciate some communication moving forward. I could have got nasty, right? I could have told them where to go, how fast to get there. But when you want to keep your work environment peaceful, you have to come up with a plan B. This does not apply to dating, so don't try it, okay? But when I say come up with a plan B, you plan for your boundaries, right? Okay, so they're going to use my classroom for lunch attention. Okay, cool. This give me time to go work out in the weight room or go walk. I'm going to find me something else to do because I need to be active about different areas of my life. And that's a time that I could do it. I could plan for my lesson for the next days. So turn that positive situation, I mean a negative situation, into a positive situation just by changing your thinking. OK, so with that all said, all hearts and minds are clear. I hope you all have a great week this upcoming week. And even if it didn't go good last week, it's going to be better this week. All right, y'all. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>